Exchange Voices, where we explore the challenges, successes and lessons of leadership through the experiences of women leaders across Africa and beyond. I am your host, Paula Frey. We're jumping into a new topic this week and talking about taking care of your body in order to take care of your work. My guest, Zambian Priscilla Chomba Kiyimwa, is a digital transformation strategist and a certified fitness coach. She is a co-founder of Project Fit, a charity in Zambia that aims to promote health and fitness among the general population. Priscilla has almost two decades' experience in technology and innovation and focuses on helping large international non-profits do good better by understanding and taking advantage of the opportunities presented by different technologies. Priscilla has worked in over 40 countries on five continents and is talking to us online today from Nairobi, Kenya. So Priscilla, you actually joined the United Nations as a young woman in STEM quite early, right? I think you were about 19 years old. So how did you end up working in technology and innovation? So I'd always wanted to be a lawyer from the time I was seven, I think, until I finished high school. But while I was waiting for my results, between my father and I, we decided that computers were the new thing. This was the year 2000. So I needed to learn some computers. I signed up for a course while I bridged the gap. And eventually I fell in love and found a job with a friend who was running a firm out of his living room that eventually led me to entering the United Nations at that age. Yeah. You know, I was, so one of the things that I was thinking was that it's actually quite a far cry from the stereotype of the body averse person behind the computer. And I was really <laughs> interested to know if you were always interested in keeping fit. <laughs> I know. I don't look like the typical nerd, right? Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> Well, maybe in primary school I did. In primary school, I had no interest in sports. I always felt like I was very weak. And I was the girl that did the egg and spoon race while everybody did the serious races, partly due to, I think it was a lack of confidence in my sporting abilities. When I went into high school, one of the prefects there decided that she was going to take it upon herself to make sure that I could excel. And I realized that I was really good at cross country and certain long distance races. And that became what I did in high school. I was 1500 meters champion for a few years. I did four by 400 meter relays and a lot of cross country. Going into college, I switched into a bit of martial arts here and there. And then post-college, I doubled in Pilates. My now husband introduced me to the gym, but I did that for a really short time and then went back to Pilates. So I've always had periods in my life where I'm doing something post-primary school. So I guess, yes, I have been interested in fitness for a while. So what made you become a a certified fitness coach? So it started when a friend of mine from college was setting up what is called Project Fit. He had a Facebook page where he used to give fitness advice to people, but then it was decided to have a one month running challenge where people actually meet in person in a public space and we just map some routes and go running. He asked me to show up and I thought it was a New Year's resolution, but eventually Um, The one month turned into two. And then when 
we realized that this was going to be a long-term thing, I decided rather that I should get certified if I was to help people properly because you don't want to play with people's health and fitness. A lot of injuries can occur. So I did a certificate in metabolic conditioning and then I did one in nutrition and then one in personal training and I'm currently doing another one. So it came more from the need to help people and this is a charity sort of thing. We just want to improve people's health and fitness in Zambia. So it wasn't that I was doing it because I wanted to be a personal trainer. And then I fell in love again. And so here we are. And now I actually am a personal trainer. So could you share your own personal daily routine? It differs depending on what my schedule looks like and whether I'm traveling for work or not. But like this week, for example, when I have nobody to help with the house chores, I've had to rearrange my schedule. So what's going on now is I wake up at about 5.36. I get ready, go to the gym to train somebody at 7. On certain other days, I go running with somebody else. When that's done, I come back home, nine o'clock, I've showered, I've made my oats, I'm having my breakfast, and I start to work on my technology job. That ends at five, and then I go to the gym to now train and work on my own body. If I can't make it to the gym, I train from home. I have a few dumbbells and barbells, so I just make sure I can do enough from home. Thereafter, I cook dinner, I have dinner with the family, Um, the kids are on school holidays now, so we play a bit of Ludo or watch some TV. At about 10 p.m., I then work on programs for my online clients who are not physically able to train with me, send those out, review their workouts for the day, and then I do a bit of studying. Right now, I'm doing a certification in fitness, so I'm reading that. If I'm not doing that, I'm studying for my finance exam. And then bedtime is about 11 p.m. I usually go to bed with some meditation of sort. I've taken up meditation because I have a hyperactive mind. So I do some meditation for 20 minutes and usually that gets me to sleep. And then we start again the next day. I mean, it really sounds like your, like your fitness is integrated into your daily routine, that it's not an add-on. It's not now I'm looking off my fitness and now I'm doing this. Um, totally. Why do you think it's important for, for leaders to be aware of the state of their bodies? Why is this an issue? I think it's really critical for you to be aware of the state of your body as a leader in particular. For one, there's a lot of research that's coming out now that's showing the effects on mental health. And as a fitness coach, my mantra is always fitness is not just about the physical. It's about the physical, the mental, the spiritual, the emotional. And sometimes for us ladies in particular, I always insist it could also be about the financial well-being. So it has to be a holistic picture. As a leader, if you are not physically in a good place, it affects a lot of things. Exercise has been shown to boost your mental awareness, to improve your mood, to boost your memory. And usually the self-efficacy that comes from working out translates into a lot of self-confidence. Generally, I think you're a better human when you exercise. And as a leader, you want to be the sort of person that others can look up to. When you walk in, there has to be an energy around you that people can draw from. But if you're not looking after your body, if you're not, if you're lethargic, that becomes a problem. 
I recently had somebody come to me, somebody that I mentor that has gained a lot of weight and now he's working to lose it. And I asked him what his motivation was. And he said, I'm running my own company. I'm sitting in meetings and my energy is so low that I can't inspire anybody to do anything. So for me, that is something that leaders should look at. People should look at you and see you as something they can aspire to or somebody who's an inspiration. And I think that's why it's important. So it's not just the physical, but the mental benefits and the emotional benefits as well. So what are the common mistakes that you see women make when they're trying to incorporate fitness into their lifestyle? <laughs> we could spend Asking a day a on this. I've been in this for five years, so we could, we could spend a whole day on this. Number one is setting unrealistic goals. You wouldn't believe the number of women who come to me and say, so can I get a six pack in four weeks? And you're thinking, well, you could, but do you really need a six pack in four weeks? And are you ready to give up what it is you need to give up to get a six pack in four weeks? So setting very unrealistic goals. I always tell people, if you're not competing for a sport, if you're not going to the Olympics, take your time, set realistic and measurable goals. And on the flip side, another mistake is not setting goals of any kind. So you just wake up and say, I listen to a podcast, I need to get fit. If you don't know the reason why you want to get fit, if you don't have anything you're working towards, chances are once you've forgotten that podcast and listened to something else, you will forget. So you have to set very realistic goals. It helps to be working towards something. So you can say, right now I'm really unfit, but there's a five kilometer color run that's coming up. It's fun. I can walk. I will work towards that in the next eight weeks. That way, when you want to sit and find an excuse to not go, you remember that you've committed to a five kilometer run that you need to go out and take your walk or do your run. Another mistake is not working with what we've got, especially as women. We have a lot of demands on our time. Our circumstances are different. Our jobs can be demanding. We have family, Mm. our interests for that matter. So you want to work Mm. with what you've got. You want to be able to say, right, I don't have somebody to look after the kids this week. Can I pay for a one month subscription to a workout and work from my living room instead? Rather than trying to force that two hours and traffic to get to the gym and then you just convince yourself every evening I can't make it to the gym because it's traffic, work around what you've got. Also, are you really interested in the workout that you want to do? Are you running because everybody else is running but you absolutely hate it? Can you try kickboxing instead? Will it give you the same benefits while you enjoy it? Also looking for shortcuts and going to extremes is another mistake. I don't think I need to elaborate. We know how many people have, I'm on a juice cleanse for a month, which is unsustainable. Yes. And then also just being very honest with yourself and being very honest with your trainer. If you have one, if you didn't do the workout that you were supposed to, when the trainer wasn't looking, if you didn't eat right, Just be honest and see how you can then work with the person you're working with or with yourself to compensate. And we need to learn to ask for help. We like to be super women, but sometimes you have to say, this is a lot. Can you help me out? So for example, I have days where my husband does the cooking when I'm supposed to do the cooking, because then I tell him today I have two clients. So even though it's my day to cook, I can't get to it. Could you please? So we Mm. also need to learn how to ask for help and not always be superwoman. I think those are the mistakes I would point out. So Priscilla, I often feel like I don't have enough time to focus on my work, on my family and on myself. Um, and that very often something has to give and that something 
Is my body, am I fooling myself? Interestingly, it's always, always our body that takes the hit. And I don't understand because it's the same body that's getting us to do all these other things that we're prioritizing. And I think I wouldn't say you're fooling yourself, but I think you will pay the price in the long run. That's what you have to keep in mind. I totally understand thinking and feeling like you don't have time. But one of the tricks that I use is I sit down and I actually map out my day. I write it down hour by hour. And when you do that, you will probably realize that you have 45 minutes somewhere. And if that means that you then use that 45 minutes to go with follow along YouTube videos until you get time to train with somebody, or if that means you use that 45 minutes to run around your neighborhood in the morning before you take the kids to school, just start moving and eventually you carve out the time. The endorphins, the feel good feeling that comes from working out will convince you that if you could find 45 minutes, you can find an extra 15 minutes that will allow you to go to a nearby gym. And it also helps to find somebody who's already on a routine. So if I have somebody who runs with me every morning and we keep each other company, chances are I won't then deprioritize my workout because I know somebody else is depending on me. That person is waiting for me to show up. And that sometimes helps when they text you at night and you've convinced yourself tomorrow is a busy day. Chances are you will find that small sliver of space where you can actually get a workout in. How important is eating well in in this process? Eating well is everything. Like I said, (laughs) the health and fitness is about holistic approach to this. So when you eat right, your body feels good. And your body does tell you when you're eating junk, it's lethargic, it's slow. Some people have skin breakouts. Yes, junk is great. But if you prioritize yourself, like I said, your body is what's carrying you through this life. You need to think about what you're eating. Also, I always tell people, if, for example, you have children, the last thing you want is your children at your hospital bed because you've gotten an illness that you could have done something about. For me, that's a big motivating factor. When I want to fall Mm. off the rails, it's that thing of I could prevent a future illness by simply adjusting my eating. And it's not about punishment. It's not about eating clean, whatever that means, 100% of the time. It's not about always thinking I should eat raw diet and so on. And it's fine if that's you. But if you also like your treats, it's about compensating and understanding. Okay. So last Saturday I had, I, I overindulged in pizza. How can I make up for the rest of the week to kind of balance things out? Do I then need to go a bit easy? Also, I'm not big on specific diets that are restrictive and say, this is a bad food. This is a good food. The biggest tip on eating well just cook your meals at home. When you cook a lot more of your meals at home, you are aware of what's going in them. And if you can pack lunch to work, that saves you some money that you can use for your gym subscription. And also, you know what you're eating. Normally, the food we cook at home is generally very okay. I don't think there's anybody who makes deep fried chicken and chips every day for a week in the house. So just cook your usual rice, your potatoes, your chicken, your beef but do it at home. And so, yes, eating is really, really key to everything. The amount of calories you burn when you work out versus what you eat sometimes does not add up. And therefore you have Mm. people who work out and say, I'm not losing weight, but what are you doing in the kitchen after you work out? 
So what tips would you give someone like me who's not naturally inclined to physical activity but does want to take care of themselves? <laughs> I like how you say you're not naturally inclined. You probably are. You just haven't figured out what you like to do. So number one is that do something that you enjoy. Don't do something because it's the new and in thing. And start slow. Start slow. If it means you want to run a 5K, start by walking eventually that walking will turn into a walk run. Eventually you'll be able to run half a kilometer and then you'll be able to run a kilometer and then you'll get to five kilometers. Don't start and say, I hate running and then go out and immediately run. You won't go back. So that's number Mm -hmm. one. Number two, know your personality type and try out a few different things. I get bored really, really easily. So Mm -hmm. if you tell me something like a slow type movement yoga, chances are I'll do it once. And then I'll be like, that was boring. It wasn't boring. It just wasn't for me. So Mm -hmm. I tend to gravitate towards power yoga that keeps me engaged the whole time. I'm still doing yoga, but I'm doing a variety that I actually enjoy. And then I go for the slower one when I know this is what my body needs. So try a few different things out. Kickboxing, go for a free park run and see whether you enjoy it. Lift some weights. I find that a lot of people think lifting weights is not for them until they actually do it once and then they fall in love start somewhere. Every so often, mix it up. Try and do different things that keep you excited. Walk with a partner, a friend. Walking is underrated, but it's really a good form of exercise, particularly if you're feeling like you. You could walk. Just find somebody to walk with, talk with, or alone and clear your mind while you're walking. Think of that big business idea that you've had. An hour walking, you have come up with some solutions by the time you get back home. So it's about doing something you like. It's about understanding your personality and trying different things out. Do you have any advice for for someone who's decided to be more committed to a fitness routine? At the risk of sounding like a cliche, just make it happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. There are always 101 excuses why you can't get started. But if, for example, you need to pay gym subscription, but money is tight, pack lunch for three times a week and redirect that money. If you must find a supportive group that keeps you accountable, do that. There are a lot of fitness groups now springing up everywhere that meet and it's usually free or a small membership fee. Find that. If you're struggling to find time, maybe you need to cut out that favorite show, record it and binge watch it at the weekend when you're resting (laughs) and then use that one hour to get your workout in. It's a deliberate effort. And you Mm. need to have a reason, whatever your reason is. I'm not big on, I have somebody I train. And when I asked what her reason for training is, she simply said, vanity, I need to look nice. So whenever Mm -hmm. she wants to slack, we simply go back to the vacation she's having in December at the beach. And that's her reason. The guy who's sleeping through meetings, his reason is he wants to have more energy. So always have that radar, that sort of thing that directs you. This is what I'm working towards. For me, the biggest motivation is, like I said, I don't want to have an illness that I could have prevented later mm. on in life. That's my biggest motivator. Of course, there are other secondary things. I want to look good. I want to have high energy. But that pivot for me is the kids not having to look after me because I could have prevented this. So whatever that reason is, commit to it and always use it to anchor yourself. So that's what my biggest advice would be in terms of if you want to commit to a fitness lifestyle. And once you get started, there will be moments where you find that you're lacking in time. You find that your motivation is low. I have a personal trainer. I could 
program my own workouts and I do sometimes, but I use him to then motivate me. So I normally use him when I have moments where I'm not as inspired or I feel like I've hit a plateau. Then I call him and we train together and that really kicks me up and takes me to the next level. So just figure out what you need to do. If you need to go to a nearer gym, go to the nearer gym. I think just make it happen. And on that very, very good advice, Priscilla, let's end this chat. And just how, if, if our listeners wanted to find out more about Project Fit, about the work you do, where could they find that? Ah, great. We're on Facebook. It's Project Fit eGym. If you search that, will come up. Uh, and on Instagram, it's projectfit.xyz. And thank you very, very much for your time. It's been really interesting and I'm a little bit inspired to start um, I'm going out there and, and doing something, starting slow, of course. And you know, I will be following up. Ask anybody who knows me. I'm very good at following up and checking in on you and making sure that you're doing what you need to do. I'll make a plan immediately. Priscilla, <laughs> thank you very, very much. It was very nice chatting to you. And you. Thank you so much. So let's recap. Priscilla says it's critical for leaders to be aware of the state of their bodies, not just their physical state, but also their mental, spiritual and emotional states. She has the following tips for those who want to embark on a healthier path. Priscilla's starting advice is all about goal setting. Just as the most common mistake people make is setting unrealistic goals, the other mistake is not to set any goals at all. She advises that we take time to define realistic and measurable goals. Next, make it easier to maintain a fitness plan by following your own interests rather than the latest fads. She encourages us to draw on those around us in order to find the time to do things for ourselves. And it's important to define what motivates your fitness path, she says, and then you just have to make it happen. As someone who has to be quite deliberate in her efforts to maintain a healthy lifestyle, I certainly intend to follow her advice. Do let us know what your plan of action is. We are available on all at Frey Intermedia social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can find out more about the work we do and the Change Voices podcast on our website, freyintermedia.com, where you can also sign up for our newsletter. Remember to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss out on our next conversation. And if you like us, do rate or comment on the podcast on whichever platform you listen. Do share the podcast with other women leaders who might benefit from the insights being shared. Thank you for your time and for joining us for today's discussion. Until next time, let's lead. Music